Hello and welcome back to The Big Run. If you follow me on Instagram, at uh, Danny Runsum, you would have seen that today I'm starting formally my training block for my sub-three-hour marathon attempt in October. Well, technically I started it last week, but I had to catch up with some photos for the gram to make sure I had some content ready for the start of it. So I'm going to be documenting that journey and sharing with you my plan, what I'm doing, what I'm learning, the mistakes I'm probably going to be making as well. And I know there'll be a lot of other runners out there who will be starting or would have started that journey as well so I'm really looking forward to sharing mine and hearing and seeing yours so follow me on Instagram and drop me a message are you starting have you started a training plan are you going to London in October have you got a time what are you up to over the next few weeks I'm going to be putting out episodes with various people who are going to shed some light on some of the cornerstones of marathon training I've learned and taken away some really interesting lessons from these conversations and I'm really looking forward to sharing them with you and hopefully giving you some of the insight that I've learned. And there's also some really special episodes coming over the next few months that I'm really excited to share. So make sure you follow us on Instagram at the Big Run Podcast and again me as well at Danny Runs Some to be the first to hear about those really exciting specials. Today's guest is a strength and movement coach based in Los Angeles. She has years of experience in the fitness industry, working with athletes, actresses, and everyone in between, as well as being a very competitive runner herself. Her goal is to make health and wellness accessible for all, and we covered a lot of ground. Yoga, Pilates, her running journey, and her recent endeavor taking part in the Speed Project for Team Satisfy. Now, the Speed Project is an absolute monster of an event. It's a 340-mile desert race relay from LA to Vegas on Memorial Day weekend, which is just as epic as it sounds. I can't wait to share that with you, and I can't wait to share this conversation. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm delighted to welcome Lee Gerson. So Lee, thank you so much for, for coming on The Big Run. Really excited to be uh, bridging the Atlantic, albeit via Zoom, to be connecting with you. Um, yeah. I, I'd love to start, like, there's a lot I want to cover um, today, but I'd, I'd love to start with, because this is obviously a running podcast, with, with your journey with running. And I, sure. I read in an article you describing running as the, the therapy that erased the stress of you being you. It was like a, a therapeutic thing for you. Like what was your journey with running that it became something that you could rely on for, for like its sort of therapeutic uh, benefits? You know, I did, I did sport as a kid. I was a soccer player and like I had a few seasons of cross country when I was in high school. But, you know, by the time I got to college I completely stopped all of that and um it had been I think probably you know more well over a decade since I last like went out for a run before I started again and um I started running as a means to kind of replace my drug use so at first there was like that overlap because I knew I was going to be quitting heroin and, and crack and, and all of that fun stuff. And I found pretty much immediately that running allowed me to go quiet, right? Any thing that came up, it was like my brain just shut off. It was, and especially, you know, when I first started and I was doing this whole walk running thing and not that anyone gave me that advice. That was just, you know, I was like, I'm tired. I'm no, like, how do I make this, you know, something yeah. that's actually doable for, for my non-athletic self. You know, I had this little loop that I had measured out with my car. It was a 5K distance and over about the course of a month, I was, you know, it was on the ocean. I was living in Florida at the time, but I could pay attention to, you know, I had music, but also the sound of my feet and the sound of my breath and anything that was going on during the day or any thoughts that I had in my head just immediately cleared. 
it wasn't a transcendental experience. And now I understand it as meditation. At the time, you know, my idea of what meditation was given this is, you know, now I think it's like 2011, you know, so a decade ago was in relation to the part of yoga that I practiced, that I like hated practicing, you know, because I couldn't sit still. And that was what I, it's like, okay, you're going to go sit in a relatively uncomfortable position with your eyes closed and, you know, you have an itch, don't scratch it type mm-hmm. of thing. I didn't understand meditation as just this like communion practice with yourself yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what it was for me. It was this time where things would come and pass just as equal, just as quickly. Um, And so because of that, and because it also took up a lot of time, whereas my life before was filled with pretty much getting high all day, um, you know, I needed something to replace that. And um, running became that for me. Um, The times in my life since then when I've had extreme discomfort or, you know, I, I had the past like through the pandemic and, you know, well, before the pandemic, but it got really bad during the pandemic. I, I went back to that life. Um, and I had stopped running for maybe like six months or not because I was injured or anything, but be, you know, I, I had some reasons and, um, it just kind of was tainted for me in a way. And so I stopped and, you know, therefore I lost my meditative practice. Mm. You know, I lost my connection to myself and I was able to get it back in a way that's very enjoyable for me now. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much why I run, I guess, which I think is the more important. Um, Obviously, there are other benefits to running. I've gotten to do a lot of traveling and meet a lot of great people, meet a lot of not so great people. Um, And, you know, uh, there's um, physical benefits, obviously, you know, for cardiovascular health, I won't say that it's going to get you in good shape. Um, but you know, it's not going to get you fit. That's what weightlifting is for people. Well, let's get, in, let's get into weightlifting. Cause I know you're a big advocate for, for strength training and, and Pilates yeah. as well, but I'd love to, and firstly, thank you as well for your kind of candidness and honesty yeah. with, with sharing your, your kind of experiences with it. But there's something you touched on then that I think is really interesting. And you describing my take on that, on your response there of, you describing running as you experiencing meditation but you not necessarily knowing in that first instance that's what you were experiencing and I think that's really interesting I think that's why perhaps for a lot of people when running does get its hooks into you perhaps and I think it's I I feel like I would sort of say it's the same for me is that you are experiencing meditation without you thinking oh I'm meditating right now because whenever I've tried practicing meditation it was exactly what you described then I hate it like I get really anxious I can actually feel my heart like beating harder. Like it's really, really uncomfortable. And I've tried it a few times where I've had to just stop or just get up and leave or whatever, whatever the the various app is or or video is that I'm using to to meditate. And do do you think that is why when people fall deep with with running, it's because of that is they're experiencing a form of meditation without someone saying you're meditating right now. Do you think that's why it gets its hooks into people? I, I absolutely agree with that idea. Um, uh, you know, uh, we have this, and it, honestly, I didn't even really consider it meditation or fully actualize. That's why I had such a strong connection to running until I just recently wrote an article about meditation and running and I'm like, oh, I'm like, 
This is exactly it. It produces the same physiological effects that meditation does. So why is it that everyone has this severe concept of just sitting in stillness and like, you know, not fidgeting or adjusting your seat? Like, why does it have to be this discomfort? Because, you know, even... You know, in yoga, you have Sukhasana, sweet seat. That's generally, you know, one of where, you know, you're sitting cross-legged and, you know, like your hips are above your knees. It's like, well, that's what the Sanskrit translates to. So why is, why are we, oh, this is how you have to be. It's rigid. It's not rigid, right? Yoga is supposed to, when you're practicing asana, feel good in the body, not you know, you, you are supposed to have that connection to your breath. It's not supposed to be like, oh, this is, I can't, you know, and falling mm. over, being in pain. That's nothing about what yoga is about um, to yoke, right? It's connecting the mind and the body. Um, and that is really, obviously, the focus of meditation then is um, that connection and enlightenment, obviously, you know, um, taking you to almost like a transcendental level. So why does it have to be so specific? Mm. Who said this is meditation and nothing else can be. Um, and so I find now that meditation has to be like what you need it to be right it's finding a stillness and of the mind a quieting of the mind that's going to look different for a lot of people and I find especially survivors of trauma as I am sitting still and in my feelings it's just like I don't like that experience of discomfort I'm more okay and I was actually just talking about this yesterday in an interview that you know I'm obviously I'm covered in tattoos I have you know every body part possible and I can sit through like most of the time pain doesn't even bother me I don't notice it so why when these feelings come up I'm just like well make that stop you know like how do I make that go away Mm. um And even when running, like that discomfort in racing, the ability to push past your limits and run as fast as you can for as long as you can, or you know, the duration of the race. When other people back off, I can push harder. You know, I have the ability to withstand that great discomfort. But when it's internal, it's just like, "Mm -mm. Mm. how do I get away from here? And I'm learning through, you know, I I started practicing Tai Chi um, since I moved to California as well. And and that just like movement and harnessing of my own energy and translating that into something else has just been huge for me and knowing that it's not about, yes, I have to meditate because it's good for relieving my anxieties and stress and a whole bunch of other things but it doesn't have to be sitting on a cushion facing the wall listening to you know beeps and Mm. weird music that someone developed you know to play in a spa who came up with spa music (laughs) I was actually thinking I got my nails done this morning I worked part-time as a receptionist at a nail salon um which is great I love it but I was like there's spa and the spa music was on in the room I was sitting next to the room and I was just like who who came up with this concept like why um it's up there with like elevator music isn't it it's like that's there's I feel like there's a special place reserved in hell probably for people who came up with that music I think but it's so it's so interesting what you're saying there Lee I think that's fascinating and I think sometimes when people when you talk about dealing with trauma or dealing with stuff that's uncomfortable often I think people's perceptions will be perhaps if an individual does choose to deal with that through movement often outsiders perceptions could be that oh well they're not dealing with it in the right way 
And I think actually what you're touching on there is really fascinating. It's actually there is enormous value and enormous weight in the fact that people can deal with calming their mind or dealing with trauma or, or finding more of a sort of spiritual connection to themselves and a sense of being through movement. And it's not about, like you say, it's not about sitting down or, you know, doing, which, you know, I don't want to disqualify that, you know, that's, oh, yeah. that's, that's fine. Like, and if you want to do that, then that's great. But I think it's, I feel like it's a bit of a misnomer when people sometimes think, oh, they're running away from their problems, literally and metaphorically. It's like, no, to experience something through movement, I think is equally as, as powerful. Well, here's the thing. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. And um, because yes, it's meditation. And this is just for me personally, mm -hmm. like the, it is a bit running away from it. I mean, I, I have not, and I was going to therapy since like August and then mm -hmm. I had to find a new therapist and I kind of just, um, decided that rather than find a new therapist I'm just like not gonna go mm -hmm. um and we spent the you know the better part of eight nine months preparing me to be able to start dealing with my trauma and I love my therapist but she's in New York and I'm in California and she's also a psychiatrist so there's like a lot of regulations that she can't like treat me here um which sucks because she's brilliant I, I don't talk about feelings or issues or really like I'm that person. I, I keep a lot of stuff to myself, but you know, I can tell you like, this is what happened. But if you ask me how I feel about something, I'm just like, I just told you. And it's like, no, um, so processing trauma and like dealing with it, I think are two slightly different things, but the meditation also serves kind of like as an analgesic from the pain of it. So at least if you're not dealing with it, you're self-soothing in a way. Mm. So yes, they're, it's kind of this yeah no uh, I, it's web of... yeah absolutely and like a hundred percent like not to like I suppose what I was trying to say was that like I think there's what you touched on oh. is that there's multiple ways of of finding meditation and, and through yeah. movement but you're absolutely right as well in the fact that there is enormous value and weight and importance in in actually picking stuff apart and and processing and and dealing yeah. with it it's just chimed with me because it was something similar like you know I, I probably describe myself as as fairly similar in in the regard of like you know, I, I feel like my exercise kind of journey kind of came immediately after trauma, losing a parent at quite a young age. I think that's probably where it started. And I feel like I'd probably be the same as you to say, like, I could describe it quite bluntly, but I probably couldn't go into the sort of emotional kind of connotations behind it. But yeah. I just think it's always so uh, refreshing to hear someone speak about like the, the, the power of, of movement and it's clearly had such a, a profound effect on you and something I would love to talk to you as well about is yeah. is the yoga side of things and your right. kind of yoga practice and your your Pilates and strength work and how that f sort of feeds into to you as a runner because I know myself and probably a lot of runners listening to this are always like oh, I need to do more yoga I need to do more strength. That niggles come back. It's too late. Like when did when did it come into your life? Has it always been part of your life? That sort of other side to the other string to your kind of fitness bow. Yoga was in my life before. Um, I won't say it like before all sport, but I I went to my very first yoga class when I was nineteen. Um, I'm old. I look like a babe, but I'm old. Um. And As am I. I'm also old. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, wait, what is that? Yeah, like, okay, so, you know, over two decades ago. Um, wait, is that math correct? No, that's not. No, 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 that's not. That's <laughs> I'm also bad at math, so, you I'm know. I'm not that old. <laughs> It's fine. We can re, 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 we can redo this bit. I mean, you could come straight in, like, and just be like, "I'm this." Well, it's funnier this way. It's, um, uh, and it's I, I fancy myself 
quite uh, exceptional at math, except when I'm at work or, you know, doing right. things that matter. Um, but so, you know, like 15 or so years, um, mm. like 17 years. Okay. Um, I thought it was really cool. I took, um, I went with a friend. I was in Denver, um, was always a mess, um, visiting. I would like stolen my friend's car with someone else. And we were like going to buy heroin and it like crashed it. He got arrested. And I like, I'm like, I don't know how to drive. The cops were like, do you want to take the car? And I was like, can't drive stick. Um, and like the car got towed and like, it was my college roommate and he was really mad because he was out of the country. And I was like, sorry. Um, but I went to yoga the next day. I just, loved it like it was something that I hadn't done before and you know we there was props and chair yoga and I did like a headstand and I was like oh this is so cool you know like yes like it you're physically changing your perspective but it opened up so much for me in a way that I wasn't expecting it to and my practice wasn't super regular then but you know I was kind of hooked and into it and um would practice the at least you know the physical parts here and there and um once I um I went to hair school while I was had moved to Florida and I was a mess at that time that's like I'm writing a book about it but I started going to yoga more regularly pretty then like every day Um, and I was doing hot yoga. I like the discipline of it. Um, back when, you know, you would still call it Bikram because no one, it wasn't out in the open, like what, uh, predator he was. And, um, you know, I'm not a person who, when I run, I, I, I will not run the same route two days in a row I okay I'm like oh I did this like the other day you know running for me is exploration but there's something about the repetition of the postures and seeing your progress in such a way and seeing how it changes based on like what's going on in your life that I enjoy I'm not you know, I am actually a creature of habit, a routine person. I'm ADHD and autistic. So I need that sort of structure in order to function. It's why I eat the same breakfast every day. Like it does not change. I don't feel like myself if I try to do something else. That became a really important part of my life. And when I moved back to New York, into the East Village, I, you know, I found a yoga studio um, that was really cheap and right by my house. And I was going, you know, five days a week. Um, and then, you know, I just kind of kept evolving. And I really loved what yoga did for me. And then when Sky Ting opened, um, I had met Um, the owners of the studio I was taking classes with them before but it was the first time that I went into a yoga studio and I felt like at home like I belonged there Um, I was always kind of that person where I would like be in the room and be sitting there and watching like all these people like talking to each other and having this great community and wanting to be a part of it but not like like, oh, you know, like, why? Well, I'm here every day, too. Like, you know, talk to me. Um, but like, I would never talk to anyone like they, you know, and, but I started to find that there, you know, really develop my practice. And they, and I was encouraged by my teachers there, you know, like, you can be a yoga teacher, you don't have to have this like Instagram yoga practice, like, I, I can have a purpose. And so I did my teacher training and mentorship through there. And, and, you know, it's, 
I learned so much more about all the other aspects of yoga. So like, yes, I practice yoga every day. It's not always on my mat, but um, the principles are, are very much a part of my, of my life and I think enhance it. And um, with regards to um, Pilates and strength training, that came after I started running. I think I had like done my mom and had like a Pilates DVD or something that she'd given like I did you I didn't but like I didn't really know what Pilates was and then a friend of mine who um I ran with and she was um in Black Roses for a couple of seasons um with me uh she took me to my first Pilates class and she was like I think you're really gonna like this and I did I like was instantly like this is great and I was really good at it because it was like all core and I've always had this like super strong core like I don't know maybe it was from like riding the subway my entire life you know and not wanting to touch anything <laughs> you learn you're like oh, I'm not touching the pole I'm not sitting here you learn how to stand on a like on a moving train as it's changing velocity <laughs> and I'm not fall over. Um, and that's all, you know, like mm. in this region from um, in your, in your trunk, right. Core is a lot bigger than what people think it is. Um, and I just thought it was really cool. And um, my first Pilates teacher was also a runner um, and so we had a lot to talk about and like, honestly, within, I think like six months, I had a job at the studio, like working the desk. And then I started doing my training. Um, I was like the guinea pig for their mat program, which was great because it was, I had one-on-one training and like, I could do all of, you know, my practice hours on all of the different instructors and they would give, you know, like give mm-hmm. me great feedback. It was the best possible way to do to get to experience program um and I got you know obviously like a discount on it because <laughs> which I is always always welcome as well and how how was that so with your yoga and with your with your Pilates and with your strength how was that feeding into your running were you seeing like so you'd started yoga slightly before perhaps your running journey but were yeah. you seeing it it, it benefit benefit and improve your running was there like were there gains being had like as you increased your volume of like practice with pilates and absolutely stuff? so the yo like with the pilates i found i had a very infrequent um strength training practice um in like the first couple of years that I started running, I like knew some people that, um, you know, they owned, um, or worked at, um, this like really nice, um, boutique gym in New York called S10. So I would like go there on occasion, but there wasn't really anything consistent. I would feel like super worked because I didn't obviously understand adaptation and stuff at that point. I was just like, dude, I can't, like, I can't walk. Like how am I, I got a race on Saturday. Like how am I, you know, um, because people would look at me and just assume because of my physique that like, oh, she can handle like this load, like, she can run with these dudes like she can lift like these dudes and I can now but like I and like I could have had I like stayed super consistent at that time and just like listen to you know what Steven was telling me like you know like you know if you just like trust you're gonna do this like a few times a week like you'll be fine by Mm -hmm. the third time you do this like you're not even gonna feel sore after but I was just like fuck you dude like I'm like what are you trying to do to me like you're ruining like I feel awful (laughs) um but you know I mean and would I have started maybe at that weight no but like he was right Mm. but the Pilates it was you know, moving in a way and stabilizing. And I saw improvements in my form and just my ability to recover after a a track workout or, you know, a tempo session. 
And I was like, oh, I got to keep doing this. Like I felt better. And I was getting, you know, by this point, regular body work with the amazing Michael Crows. I have to give him a shout out here. Got it. Like if you're in New York and you live and you breathe, you should be seeing Michael Crows. I mean, too. what an endorsement. If you live and you breathe, like, yes, absolutely. Sign um, here. He's also a, a great friend, but he is just, he's super cool and just does amazing body work. Mm. Um, cupping, gua sha, like super respectful of traditions, mm. um, really knowledgeable and great record collection. So, you know, I was seeing him regularly because I I had one incident in like 2014 with IT band syndrome. And I was like, nope, never again. Like I have to do all the things. And for me, it was just that one time of like not of kind of being taken out from running for like maybe a couple months. I go in and out of how seriously I want to train. And I came into another, I would say it was around like 20, end of 2015, beginning of 2016. I was like, I want to get, I'm ready again. Like mentally, I was like, let's go fuck shit up. Um, can I curse? Yeah. A, okay, cool. Um, fuck yeah. <laughs> Fill your boots. Right. <laughs> um, and, you know, I had left Black Roses and I was working with a coach and I knew I needed to maximize my performance. And how do you do that? You lift weights. Uh, running tear breaks down muscle tissue. It does. That's just what it does. Hmm. Um, and, you know, when you ha- deal with just, you know, walking around all day, it's like that if you don't use it, you lose it. Principle is actually true, right? So the more you um, need your muscles, the more like stress that you're putting on them, the stronger they actually need to be to handle the load that it's, you're bearing. So when you're running right? What is running, right? It's a series of hops. It's a plyometric activity, gravity plus body weight, right? Mm. So anytime you you're moving and you step on that foot, you're bearing one and a half to four times the load of your body weight, right? Based on your velocity and gravity physics. I won't bore everyone because I could talk about that forever. Um, But so how how are you going to train that? You need to be able to actually move that load, right? So what I like to do is I, people who run marathons, cool. Stand on one leg for two minutes, like strong, straight leg, opposite knee into chest, tight core. You can do that. All right. You can run a marathon. And I say two minutes because essentially think, let's say you're running a three hour marathon, you're spending an hour on each leg and then an hour in the air, right? Okay. So two minutes, you can't stand on one leg for two minutes. You got no business running a marathon. Zero, like absolutely zero business. You can't lift one and a half times your body weight in a deadlift or a squat yet. You got no business. Most people have no business running a marathon (laughs) now. (laughs) And, you know, they wonder why it's like this series of injury because they don't want to do any of the things. Strength training to me, it's not like when I'm building a program, there's agility, there's power and there's mobility, right? And so mobility, yes, it is actually strength and it's control over the range of motion in a joint space, right? So when you're, when we're talking about mobility, we're not talking about your muscles, right? We're talking about joints, um, the range of motion. Flexibility is is that um, interplay of musculature. Um, <clears throat> and 
I think that's why people get confused or like, oh, like, you know, I need to like stretch more. So I have mobility. It's like, mm, it's not really the way it works. Um, oh, I need to stretch my T-band. Do not ever say that. Like ever. You don't need to stretch your IT band because you will be fucked for life. Because um, <laughs> it won't go back. <laughs> um, so what? Is- so what is then with your obviously your in- incredible wealth of, of expertise? Because there's there's so much knowledge there, and I don't want to I don't want you to give it away for free. And I'm also very aware of people. I know you do online classes, and there's the people can yeah. access your classes. And obviously, I'll link to that in in the show notes if people want to go and check it out. But yeah. if there were, because I feel like runners' knees a really good example. Like that that is something that stops a lot of people early on in their running journeys and i hope when people when you were saying about standing on your leg for two minutes i hope people listening are going to be doing that that's my dream for this podcast if people start standing on, my like leg. standing on your leg wobbling around or like needing to put your foot down i'm, I'm talking like, i don't know if, if we're it doing in. Like a visual recording but i'm talking like hold on like just just for the listeners on, lee is demonstrating like, um i could push you and i'm not gonna fall down right this is into the chest what's because this hip flexor now is working your hip flexors don't activate until they're above 90 degrees right and you can do that supine you can do it like hip flexor activations like laying on your back with the band but right that is that functional no so what is that down except in that episode of absolutely fabulous from like decades ago where uh uh, she was running in her sleep. Oh, yeah. um, Love the ad fab reference. Brilliant. So what, what, what is then if we, if the, oh God, it feels like a really hard question then. If there is one bit of actionable advice or sort of instruction you would give to runners listening in terms of strength thing that they could start, like what would be your one bit of one nugget that you would, you would offer? Um, I think my tip would be foam roll static stretch activate okay i see all these people foam doesn't do anything right if you're just foam rolling have fun with that good for you you're breaking up the muscle you're breaking up that tissue you know like the the knots and things in in the tissue now what are you going to do with that you're just going to leave it in that position no then you have to lengthen it right you need to static stretch hold those positions okay cool also like all right now we're here and now you just go about all right well that also is not really gonna do anything because now what you have to do is you have to get those muscles firing to tell your brain to remember that this is what it's supposed to do right? It is not just about, oh, I can squat, right? Cool. You can hold this load. Are you doing it correctly? Right? Drop the weights, lose the ego, check your form, right? And all these things are going to set you up for success. You don't, people forget they're like, oh, I'm going to put like this. And I see, you know, even a lot of training, a lot of trainers or people on the internet out there and you know their hips are cut they got a barbell on their back and you know their hips are coming up faster than the rest of their body their knees are caving in you're when you squat unless you're doing like a sumo squat your toes they should be pointed straight forward if you can't get your toes pointed straight forward put something under your heels right and work on your ankle mobility that's essential to running it's just move well it forget about running it it's functional patterning for for life for every day um and that's why i love movement in general i do all the things because i think you kind of need all of them it's a lot of neuroplasticity and, and neuromotor control um and the cool thing about lifting weights as opposed to say running a race you hear runner oh well it was windy and you know I could have I could have run this time you know I do this in practice blah 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 it's like no one honestly I gotta I gotta tell tell everyone who's listening no one cares about your time but you 
And that's not to say like, if you hit an achievement that that's not that you or goal that you were striving for, you should be congratulated and like, feel really proud of yourself. But if you did not like, don't give a shit. Like it's, it's true. Um, people like, if you didn't qualify for the Boston marathon, no one cares. If you did, no one cares in the community. I run, oh my God, she qualified for Boston because it's like runners just want to talk about running and like, okay, have fun with that. But there's so much more to life and with weights, take science 200 pounds, you can either pick it up and put it back down or you can't. There's no, well, you know, and this is not to say, like some might feel like shit, you know, you didn't get enough sleep. It required, when you are lifting really heavy load, it requires a lot of head, right? So yeah, you can have an off day, but like, you're not gonna, like I, the other day I was like, cool, came back from the speed project. I'm like, let me see, like, oh yeah, I didn't necessarily think I could like, oh, I don't think I'm as fit as I have been. And when I talk about fit, fit has to do with strength. Fit is not, I run a lot. That, that's not, to me, that's not fit. Mm. Uh, and fit has nothing to do with what your body looks like. It has to do with what your body can do. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> it's never about the aesthetics, I, is it? It's always about what you're capable of. Like, I love the, how you articulate that. And already... Like listening to you describe it, oh, I just I'm racked with a measurable guilt that I need to be doing and lifting morely. I'm like, oh god, I'm like, god, I wish I had like a kettlebell to handle something. Like, <laughs> it's so true though. It's so true. I think it's about finding and the finding that, and clearly with you can hear it as you describe it. Your your kind of fascination and and passion about it and getting into all, all the science as well. And I, I'd love to delve deeper on that if we can. But you also yeah. mentioned something else there which was the speed project and that's how you first came on my radar and i think that this this thing this kind of monster of an event is is such a beast like so for people listening who perhaps aren't familiar with the speed project can you can you give us a little bit of a a kind of bird's eye view of of what this event is and then can you tell us a little bit how it went for you cuz it only happened what was it a couple of weeks ago now it was quite recent right um memorial day weekend in the state so last weekend of may um so the speed project um in its initial form Mm -hmm. was um six runners uh it was in 2013 my dear dear friend nils um and my friend blue they along with four other people um four four guys and two women went from the Santa Monica Pier to the Welcome to Las Vegas sign. And they ran it and to see how they could do and how quickly they could get there. And they made like this like little mini doc about it. Um, and I remember seeing it in Copenhagen, actually. It was like the night before the World Championship Half Marathon. I was racing Berlin Half the next day, Bridge the Gap. And it was like, whoa, what are these people doing? Like, that's crazy. And it was just this whole journey because, you know, you're running through the desert it's hot, you know, you're running for no one's sleeping, you you've got to be running, you know, they're running for two days straight. Um, and and then it, it you know, I, it fell off and I became friends. Um, I met Nils not long after seeing that and we became really good friends and we were catching up in New York. And he had had conversations with other people about them telling him, like, this was super inspiring, you know, um, like, you got to do something with it. And then, you know, we're drunk eating French fries at like two o'clock in the morning. I'm like, make it a race. you got to make it a race. Like, let's do it. People are going to want to come. I, I know this. And I wrote like on a note and like we posted on the internet because you know, that's what you did at the time. This is now it's real, right? Cause nothing on the internet goes away. Someone's going to see it even if you delete it. And, um, and that was the first 
team, you know, multiple team um, speed project race. And I think we had like six teams Mm -hmm. um, came out that year. And I don't remember the time. I feel like the time that they ran was over 40 hours when they had done it, like just as like the six runners. And we did it in 36 and change. And I had, what happened, it was my feet were tight, but I thought I had like some Achilles thing going on. Fortunately, it wasn't. Back then, everyone ran like 10K and then you like got like down to 5K and I came back, was able after like sitting out to come back and run in like shorter segments, like two miles at a time and keep going really fast. And, you know, so it was almost like, I internalized it because I had had kind of a role and like it what it didn't happen the way I had wanted it to happen. You know, I had a disappointment in myself. I felt like I let my teammates down, even though I'm like, I know that they just wanted me to be okay. And like, obviously like everyone was okay with running more distance. Um, this was this year you're talking about. No, this- no, no. I'm talking about in 2016. Right, 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 right. Um, and you know, so it was like, cool. And I didn't do it again after that. Um, I just did it that one time. And then, um, fast forward to this year, um, I was sitting having a coffee, um, with Niels and we started talking about, you know, the race is coming up and, Um, I had just done, uh, a thing for Possessed Magazine with Satisfy and was trying to come up with some ideas and I was like, oh, like, let me pitch this. And I was like, oh, you know, they're doing a, you know, so I I was having a conversation with, um, Adam at Satisfy and I was like, you know, they're doing like solo runners and, you know, you, maybe you could do like a feature on them or like, you know, talking about psychedelics. I'm like, I'm not volunteering myself to like go run it and like do it, but you know, um, and you know, just throwing these ideas out and like, oh, let's make like a playlist. It's like 31 hours, you know, for, cause that was the length of the run. And wouldn't that be cool? Cause they, and then he comes back and he's like, why don't we put a team together? I'm like, okay. And in my head, I'm thinking like vibes. Yes. Like this is the coolest brand and I get to be a part of it. And um, yeah. So I'm like thinking of like, oh, who would I want to, like, hang out with? And then Adam is like, so Breeze wants to win, try and win. And I'm like, okay, what did I say yes to? You know, because I hadn't been, like, really seriously running, and I, de- I definitely wasn't doing any speed work um, or training uh, seriously or even doing high volume. And I'm like, we got five weeks okay i'll get there so you got five weeks so what is the what's the total distance then from from la to vegas how many miles is it i think we probably ended up doing around closer to 400 miles that should not have been the case How did you manage doing extra miles then? So how did you break? How do you break it down? Because there's like a support crew, isn't there, that goes with you, and you had like a like an RV, which was kind of yeah. your like rolling support crew. So how did so, you divvy up the miles, and what kind of pace were you doing them at? Um, so we didn't divvy up the miles; we divvied up the time. Right. And we were the OG format. So we were six runners, four guys and two girls. Mm -hmm. And we split into, and this is based off of kind of research and hearing about what other people had done, like the winning teams in the past couple of years and how things had shifted, um, which was super enlightening because otherwise I I don't, I think it would have been totally different, but um, we had a group and b group and the first three runners they start they were running 10 minute segments right because they felt like they needed to run a bit longer 
um, to get into their group, but also like they were fine with holding a very fast pace. And then my group, we were doing three minute intervals. Now, the way we unfortunately did not get to scout our planned route, which would have been 295 miles. So like we, we were, we had these shortcuts and let's just say they didn't necessarily work out. And then we had to kind of reroute, which added on distance. And then there was a missed turn, which added on distance. And I would not change any of it for the world. We were finished the last hundred miles. We had four runners left. Um, and I would say that's probably when I got even faster. Um, the most mileage we had um, was from one of our runners, Brad. He did 85. Ty did 80 miles. Eric did 70. I did somewhere 65 to 70 miles, you know, and then um, on like our injured runners obviously um, did less. Um, uh, but I expected that going in mm. and my big thing and you know we sat down as, as team captain before and I was like if you feel something happening that doesn't feel right do not run through that if you need to take a half an hour, if you need to take a couple hours, if you're done, that's fine. We're going on this 300, you know, traditionally 340 mile journey through the desert in, you know, June, right? It's any number of things can go wrong. Mm. And do not ever feel like you are letting anyone down if you need some time. Okay. Having gone through that, like, you know, been through that experience before, mm. I don't know where I found it in me. It was like, you know, I wasn't, I just, because I was doing speed product, I didn't increase my mileage on, on the road. Um, what I did was I, I'm like, Oh, it's really hot out now. I'm going to go for a run now. Or, it's 10 PM and I didn't run like I, you know, I would either get up super early on the weekend and I would go to good vibes trap club and I would do their long run. And that was like my longest run of the week. And I was like, oh God, this is hard. How am I going to do a speed project? You know, like 10 miles, fuck. Um, and, or I would run late and I was in the gym five days a week and I geared my strength training um, at first it was like super slow and heavy. And then I, you know, started, uh, a more like power focused, um, an explosive segment to get me really prepped, um, for obviously to be fast. And I like to experiment in the gym, um, as opposed to adding more mileage. And I biked a lot, mm. um, a lot. I was probably biking about hundred miles a week on my glorified beach cruiser. Um, and, uh, so that was how I trained, but I knew in my head, there was just like one day, maybe like a week out, it just clicked. And I was like, I got this. Like, it, I'm, I don't know what pace I was running, but I, you know, I'm running on the sand, so I know it's slow, but there was just like one step I took and I was like, there's that spring. I was like, it's here. Like, mm. I'm going to be able to do this. And I didn't think that I would be particularly fast. Like, I honestly, like, I, I know I hit like a couple of 65s on the one time I ran at track and like a workout that I didn't go see all the way to completion, but I was like, that was enough. Like I got good. Um, and you know, I, I just didn't want anyone to destroy themselves, you know, in this, because at the end of the day, when you, 
run, even running a marathon, you have 26.2 miles, 42 K. That's a lot of time for something to go wrong, you know? And so you have to more so mentally prepare yourself for all of those possibilities. Right. And obviously you want to, uh, hope for the best, but expect the worst, right? That as, as that saying goes. And, and I was there and I, I expected to be down one runner and I, and I was right about who I thought that runner would be. Unfortunately, um, we had another runner like step out of the van, like onto one of those like highway grates and just like, you know you're tired you're not looking Mm -hmm. and like twisted his leg and so it was like dude you gotta like no he's like let me see what I can do but then he came and brought his energy to all of us and it was like he was still like an integral just because he was like we needed him there Mm -hmm. like for what he was giving energy wise even though like he was unable to like continue running and now he's fine. You know, like we know I'm like, but if you were to run on that one, you're not going to be able to run at the same pace that you were doing. And then you're going to be screwed for like anything else that you want to do. And that's not, that's not the point, right? The whole point of this experience is what's happening in here and in here and with the people around you and we just had the most incredible time. And yeah, we went from like being like in like second or third place to, you know, like we had dropped to last and then we made up a couple of of spots, but it was just, man, we had, there were so many things that went wrong and it just added to it. And what was it like when you were coming up on that Las Vegas sign? What was the finishing? Oh man. Um, so the last, see, like, I'd say it's like last, like 80 or yeah, the last like 80 to 90 K or so, um, it's downhill. Like you do a lot of climbing. It's a lot of, and that's why it's hard. It's like, okay, well, you're dead. You think desert, like I got to go down, but you got to go over the mountains to get to the desert. And then you got to go over more mountains. Um, and, but it's, it's just downhill and you start and be knowing like when that was coming, like even when you get into that last like 80, 90 miles, um, like there there's a climb and you're like I know it's coming you hit red rocks and you're just like "Mm, this is the last climb I know I'm gonna come around the corner then I'm gonna go downhill and it is it is freeing and that I think for us like we started like playing music from the van and like you you have to like ride next to the road even though there's a shoulder like people whip like with their cars on there. And so you just want to make sure everyone is safe. And so we kind of, for at least like the first section, like on that, like downhill, when it's still laid out, the sun is setting. We were like, I'm going to go for longer than three minutes. Cause you're also flying, like really flying but then you're like I don't want to go so long that I destroy my quads before I'm like we still have another 30 40 you know 30 miles to go now so you know you're going to be out there for like three more hours you need to calm down then you know the sun starts setting and then once you like get to the bottom and then you know you've got you can see Vegas before you come around the turn and then you're when you come into the city, it's like 5k left. And we were just, I mean, we must have all been running at least like 530 pace because we're going quick and you're running for three minutes. Everyone's running under six minute pace. And you're like, you've been running for, you know, 41 hours at this point for us. And then there's this tricky turn that you have to make. And we somehow like 
the van tied across the street and he was right to cross the street, but we thought he was going to stay on this side and then turn with the van. And so Remy, our God of a driver who legit drove that van for the entire 42 hours, essentially navigated us out of every sticky situation possible, like actually saved our lives. He like goes and does U-turn. I was like, just let me out here. I'll wait at the corner. You guys go. Cause you're gonna have to like make that light. And it's a long light. And we don't want to have to wait for like the next runner. Right. Cause we're starting to come into, there's a mile to go once you turn so you want everyone to be able to just like or there's like a mile and a half so that way the run we can just hop out rotate super quick because at this point we're there we knew we were going to run the last half quarter to a half mile all in together that you want everyone to be prepped and I was like I got this turn and I knew that I was going to take their like okay yeah we'll just do like 90 seconds here so once high high five me I'm like I needed to high five myself that's what that sound was everyone um I just took off and I saw that the light was about to change over this massive intersection and I just went through it and zipped and I'm like going I was like there's just like a Burger King or something and in that 90 seconds I ran well over a quarter mile So that was what that last like mile and a half looked like. It was, oh, and everyone was like, what? Like I had to wait for the van to get to me because I was like, (laughs) there. And I was like, dude, what? They're like, how, what? I was like, I can rip a quarter. I'm like, when I need, I, but you know, I was like, well, I'm not going to die because I had to, like, yes, there's two sides to the road, but there's also, like, had I not crossed, you can't, there's no, like, sidewalk or runnable ground. It's like, you're, you're running straight into cars. Um, so it was just go. And then we were like, boom, go, boom, go. And, um, and it was great. We got to the sign and for me, it made up for, that first speed project. I made up all the miles I missed. And not to say that I didn't have the best time then. Um, And I wouldn't take away anything that I experienced then, but this was, I, I needed that experience. And I never like shit got hard, but I think I just took my responsibility as like team captain to just set try and set the tone for everyone I didn't even necessarily realize I was doing it I definitely had like a couple of moments which I pre-apologized for and they weren't even if the people like you know my friends Adam and Hawk they're like I was surprised we expected you to kind of go off at at some point you know because they're my good friends and they know like when I get a certain way or you know they're like you you know, and I surprised myself in like how I reacted. I was just like, this is bothering me. And I was like, give me five minutes. Like, and I, cause it's like, okay, here's this high stress situation. And I think it's, was more of a, I was just around so many people who were so amazing and everyone is dealing with the same shit, you know, no sleep. We had in in the RV, there was no air conditioning. So like it just kept breaking. And so you, okay, that was like your chunk of time where you were supposed to be resting. You couldn't rest. Like it's a hot, it's even hotter. You're like cooking in a metal box. Um, and everyone is dealing with that. No one's sleeping, very, very little sleep, you know? Everyone is physically exhausted and cramped and uncomfortable. So why is my discomfort any more important than anyone else's? It's not. And it's like almost a unifying experience. And like, really, no one, like, dude, Ty, he, and, you know, and Brad, they just had these like massive performances, but, you know, they're repaired where Ty was just like, okay, like, 
I guess I have to do this. And it was things that were like, okay, I guess we're doing this. But Ty, like, even at one point I was like, why don't you like, I'm like, dude, you've been working so hard. I was like, why don't you just take like a 20 minute break? He's like, no, he's like, I got like that. And that kind of thing is like, well, if he's not like, we're trying to force him to rest, to slow down. And he is so committed to all of us. Well, I'm, I'm going to put that same effort in, Mm. you know, cause everyone was just giving everything they had to each other because it was, you know, this bonding and unifying experience. And, um, it, you know, was very, uh, not everything was perfect. Not everything was, was right, but that doesn't mean that I'm not glad to have gone through it. You know, mm. like, because you, you need those situations, right? That's like, all right, cool. Well, we, you know, have, figure some things out for next year. Cause yeah, we're coming back and we're going to throw down. <laughs> and, um, well, you've just answered my next question. That was yeah. going to be it. Is, was we're there... we're, we're, we're going to take it. Oh, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I... I, I don't doubt that for, for for a second. And you talk about it being a, a unifying experience. I feel this this conversation has been a unifying experience from Pilates to to strength to yoga to wow. your experience as a runner and, and the speed project as well, which just sounds so epic. And I urge people who haven't perhaps heard of it to, to go and get on uh, Instagram, social media, whatever, and check it out because it is yeah. just such such an epic race. And as are you, an epic individual, Lee, I, I feel like this is a lovely note to, to end our conversation thank you thank yeah. you so much for for joining us from from la and thank you for being such a brilliant guest on the big run thank you for having me big thank you to lee for coming on today's show and i'll be linking to lee's website where she has details of all her online classes that she does she really knows her stuff so if you are looking to explore more strength and conditioning work to supplement and improve your running then check it out and i'll be linking to the speed project as well because it's it's so cool you, you gotta check that thing out it's yeah it's quite something um, thank you for listening for today and be sure to follow me at Danny Runsome on Instagram and the Big Run Podcast on Instagram at the Big Run Podcast for more information about future guests, future episodes, to follow my training and just to see what the heck happens whilst I train and try and take on this sub three madness. Nowhere near as mad as the Speed Project, but who knows? It is happening next year, so you might see me in the desert. And until then, if you're able to get out there, and get running. I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.